Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, rugby fans, and welcome to episode 164 of the DNVR Rugby Podcast. My name is Colton Strickler. I'm your host. Got a good show for everybody today. I'm back from last week. I don't feel sick anymore. Thank goodness, because I, I was feeling bad there for a couple of days, but I feel a lot better. We got a good show for everybody today, so we're going to jump into it. I would start with the breakdown. Usually, I'll, I'll go ahead and read that this breakdown is brought to you by O'Neill's, and O'Neill's is the official sportswear supplier to the biggest teams in World Rugby, Infinity Park, and the American Raptors. Shop apparel now at O'Neill's.com, O-N-E-I-L-L-S.com, but I don't really have anything to talk about, honestly. Um, I was thinking about, you know, maybe talking about USA Rugby failing to qualify for the World Cup, the Eddie Jones stuff. Uh, but, but like, part of me is like, I don't, I don't know. Do, do people even care what I think? I think it's, it sucks. I really wish that the USA would have made the world cup. They had a bunch of chances, came right down to the wire. Uh, they tied. So they lost in heartbreaking fashion on a, on a penalty goal as time expired. It sucked. It's just like the worst possible way for it all to end. Uh, but I don't know what the next move is. I don't know, you know, if Eddie Jones, the right answer, if Gary Gold, you know, is going to get fired. I would assume that's what's going to happen because the results weren't there. Um, and, it's, and from what I've read, it sounds like this is kind of up to world rugby. They're going to give them, provide the money, and then they, they kind of insert whoever they, they think would do a good job. Um, I don't hate the idea of Eddie Jones coming. There's been an interesting picture floating around on social from uh, from Tony Rennell where he had lunch with Eddie Jones and asked him in 30 seconds or less to explain the problems with World Rugby or how he would fix USA Rugby, excuse me. And I thought he had some interesting takes, so it would be it'd be cool to kind of see him put that plan in action. Uh, but I don't know. I don't really know what the right answer is. Uh, I'm just kind of sitting back waiting and seeing what's going to happen. And I'm kind of I'm excited for whatever the next chapter is, though, because it's kind of do or die time uh, with the USA hosting the, the Rugby World Cup here coming up in a couple nine years, I think it is now. So interesting times to be you know involved in rugby and we're going to keep our eyes on it but I don't know the right answer so that's that's as much as I'm going to talk about it because I, I don't know what else to say 
So we'll go ahead and jump into all the rugby co-watches we can. And again, I, to be quite honest with everybody, I'm running a little bit short on time, so I didn't have time to write the top half of this this podcast the way I usually do. Uh, but we have a really awesome interview with American Raptors hooker Lamar Ray coming up right after this little segment. Uh, so that's going to be an awesome part of the show, so stick with me for that. But for all the rugby you can watch this weekend, is brought to you by Wintergreen. Wintergreen loves rugby and wants to support USA Rugby's mission of uniting an inclusive, passionate rugby community to grow the sport of rugby in America. Wintergreen gels, cream sprays, and soaks are made with wintergreen oil and other therapeutic natural oils to help soothe and support sore muscles and joints to keep you at your best. Visit wintergreensport.com to purchase the products you need to help you prepare to win. We've got USA 7s in action this weekend in Dubai. Uh, this will be the 10th tournament for American former American Raptor David Still, which is crazy to me. It just feels like yesterday he was playing for the XOs, and now he's in his 10th tournament on the World Series, the Sevens circuit. It's always a mouthful for me to say. Uh, we got Allianz Premier 15s in action this week. Uh, I believe we have some Premiership rolling as well. So lots of rugby to watch. Again, I didn't have time to track this all down as I'm trying to get this out on time for everybody. Uh, but but. Some rugby to watch, just got to track it down. And that kind of does it for all the rugby you can watch this weekend. I'm sorry I kind of dropped the ball on that one a little bit, but I'm excited for the interview and the interview with American Raptors hooker Lomar Ray is brought to you by Guard Lab. Join the mouth guard revolution with American-made mouth guards that perform, protect, and recover. For more information, visit guardlab.com. Uh, so really enjoyed my conversation with American Raptors hooker Lamar Ray. Uh, I say at the start of the interview, and you'll hear him talk through it himself, but I think Lamar has one of the more interesting athletic backgrounds on the team. You know what I'm talking about when we get in there. Um, but another baseball player, this guy played pro baseball. I always like to, to find the similarities between baseball and rugby. Um, and he's progressing very well in the world of rugby. He's, a little, he's on the older side, like he talks about in the interview as well. He's one of the older guys on the team. I think he's the oldest guy on the team, actually. Um, he's in his early 30s. Um, he's a great guy. He's taking it serious. And it's fun, I talk about it a lot, but it's fun to see these guys learn the sport and learn to love it the way that everybody else does. It's cool to see it happening in real time. Um, and just, you know, I really enjoy talking to Lamar, and I hope you enjoy listening to it. So with that, we'll go ahead and kick to my conversation with American Raptors hooker Lamar Ray. All right, pleased to be joined by American Raptors hooker Lamar Ray. Lamar, how's it going, man? Oh, it's going, going real well. It's uh, it's cold here now in Denver, so these uh, these mornings have been a little a little weary, but but I'm loving it out here, so it's a good day. That's good, and that kind of plays into my first question, Lamar. So the first question we ask everybody that comes on the show: is, Can you tell us a little bit about where you're from? Yeah, for sure. This is actually it's a question that my friends on the team know that I love being asked, but uh, I'm <laughs> oh, really I didn't know this. Boston. <laughs> yeah, I'm born and raised in Boston, Mass, man. So yeah. I have a lot of pride in where I'm from. Um, so I grew up in Boston, lived there for majority, if not all, of my my youth. And um, leading up through college, I stayed in Massachusetts. So Boston has been my home for for over 20 years. So I'm I'm very prideful about where I'm from. I, I could tell just by following you on social media. I know you're a big Boston sports yeah. guy. That's okay. I, I like that. Like, be proud of where you're from. Be proud of your teams. Even if it is Boston, you know, out here, it's a little – we get, you know, the I Red totally Sox beat the Rockies in 07, and then the, the Broncos <laughs> had a good little rivalry with the Patriots there for a while. So For sure. You're, you're for on sure. shaky ground, but, uh, no, be I proud understand. of where you're from. <laughs> I, I totally understand. And, hey, Todd Helton was one of my favorite favorite players growing up, so – 
I got no disrespect for any of the teams out here in, in, in Colorado. And the first thing I did when I got here was buy myself a Rockies hat because I wear a lot of hats. So, <laughs> yes. uh, you know, I got to show respect Yeah, hey, I appreciate too. that too. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Todd Helton was almost a Red Sox that, that 07 year. And then they yes. ended up playing each other yes. in the World Series. Yep. Heartbreaker for us. Here. They'll never make it back. The Rockies suck. The Rockies don't even try anymore, so they'll never make it back. So we had it. We had a strike while the iron was hot, but you know that's how it goes sometimes. So Lamar, how how is the cold? I haven't spent too much time on the East Coast. How does this stack up to an East Coast winter? And we're not uh, even in winter similar. yet, so I guess we're you know there's still plenty of time to change your mind. That's a that's a good point. I would say so far from my experience, the. The cold is probably going to be about the same. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we've got a, we've got the, the coastline, so the depending on where you are in the city, that ocean ocean breeze will come through and knock it down about ten more degrees. Um, but the the daytime here so far in Denver has been like super nice. Like even when it's cold out, when you're in the sun, it's fine. Um, and then at night it drops down, obviously. But but I'm loving it. This is like this is like home for me about this time of year. So. So I definitely enjoy it. I've been going outside for runs, and and I'm cool with it. So awesome. this is definitely what I'm used to. Had you been out here before, before you moved here? Never. Never oh, been really? to the, the state of Colorado. So this is, this is really cool for me. Yeah, do you like it? <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's a, anytime, first of all, anytime you get to go live in a new state or live in a different part of the country playing sports, it's like it's an awesome experience. So yeah, um, I'm super excited to be to be here. Obviously – I won't get into the mountains as much as I'd like to just um, to make sure I'm preserving my health. But um, I love skiing. So I, yeah. I ski a lot when I'm home in Vermont and New Hampshire and Maine and all that. So um, it'll definitely be cool to, to see the mountains at some point. But but it's it's beautiful so far being yeah. here. We got to get you up there. And you're doing a good job, Lamar, I will say, of setting up my next question. So that that's a perfect segue into question two. I love it. <laughs> and, and, and this is how I was going to start it. So you've got one of the more – interesting athletic backgrounds on the team i'd say um and, you, and i know you mentioned playing sports in different parts of the country uh so would yeah. you mind just kind of taking us through your your athletic career we can start in high school if you'd like but i'd like to hear about For the sure. sports you played in high school and then um i know you went on okay. to play some baseball in college and then played some baseball professionally yep. and then you, you there's a football introduction in there too so please feel free yeah. to take over <laughs> There's yeah, I will uh I'll try and give you the the abridged version just for sake of time. Yeah. Um my story is super interesting. Um the first high school I went to two different high schools. The first high school I went to in Boston was right there in the city. Um, but they didn't have a football team. So my first high school I played soccer, I played basketball, I played baseball, and then I ended up transferring high schools my junior year to reclassify. Um, just to go to a little bit more of a competitive um, level and ended up switching from soccer over to football when I transferred and then basketball, baseball as well there. Um, so, I mean, I've always been kind of a sports nut just in terms of how many things I've tried growing up. I mean, I was competitive swimmer as well while I was entering high school. Um, but, you know, you can't, you can't do them all. Right. My parents, right. you're going to have to narrow it down. So I just picked one per season and that's just how I, how I let it rock. Um, and I got the most, I guess, interest just from a natural talent perspective, I guess, in baseball. So that's where I got the most attention. Um, basketball was sneaky. My favorite sport all through really? like middle school, high school. Yeah. Basketball. What position did you play? 
Um, I was a shooting guard. I was uh-huh. just, I love to shoot. Shooting was, and, and it's surprising because people see my body type now. I've changed a lot. So yeah. um, when I was in high school, I was a lot slimmer. I was about 215, no more than 215. And I was, uh, I, w- I never really grew until after my first junior year. I grew about five inches one summer and it was, it was a crazy experience. <laughs> but um, so basketball kind of took off at those two years. But um, I ended up getting, you know, a scholarship to play baseball in college. Um, it was partial academic, partial athletic. So it was, it worked out perfectly. Um, and went to Bentley University in Massachusetts. So I stayed home. I, I had some interest, you know, at different schools like down south. I know Richmond, the Richmond Spiders were, were pretty high up there on my list. And it came down to the wire between them, Boston College and Bentley. Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up going to Bentley, which is a, a D2 school in Massachusetts. And and honestly, had a had a really cool time just developing there um, with that team because when I came in, we weren't very competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as as I progressed towards senior year, by senior year we were we were the number one team in in our conference going to that final weekend. So it was a really cool journey to go from being one of the worst teams to one of the best teams over the span of four years. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean I played played a whole bunch of sports obviously in high school. Loved every second of it. That's one thing that I think I missed when I got to college was only playing one sport was a very rude awakening for me because I was so used to it yeah. um, for, so, for so many years. Um, but then, you know, I, I, I supplemented it with playing intramurals and I still I still kept myself active <laughs> while I was on campus, even though the coaches probably didn't love it. But. Yeah, I can imagine they're not um, too st- stoked about that absolutely but at the end of the day i think they knew that that was my outlet too and right. they knew that i'd be a happier person playing anyway so i think they let it slide a little bit um but then that's where it kind of led into i never you know i always wanted to be a professional athlete it's what i always said now if you had asked me it depended what season i was in if i was in football season i wanted to be a professional football player if i was in basketball season I wanted to be a professional basketball player, same for baseball. Um, And so it just happened that as my college experience progressed, you know, I started getting a little bit of interest from scouts. Um, Again, it's a small division two conference, but we were very, we had some very competitive teams that attracted a lot of attention. Um, Franklin Pierce and Southern New Hampshire at that time were two schools that were sending four or five guys to the draft every year. So every time we got to play against them, there were scouts coming to the games. And we opened every season against University of Tampa, who is number one in the nation. So wow. there was definitely there was definitely opportunities to, if you performed, you were going to get noticed. So I ended up signing after my senior year. Um, didn't go in the draft. Thought I was supposed to. I was on the board and everything and went through the whole process of having the family sit down and kind of wait for the name to be called. And I sat for every single, all of 50 rounds um, in that MLB draft. Yeah, 2013. And um, and sat through every single one and didn't hear the name called. So I was a little bit nervous, obviously, because you spend that long of a time playing a sport and then you feel like maybe this is coming to an end. Um, but then I just kind of stuck with it, just pitched in a, in a semi-professional league that summer while I was trying to train and get ready and hopefully go to some some open workouts. Um, but then got a call from an independent league um, out in southern Illinois. Um, it was the Frontier League, so 
that league spanned all all across the Midwest, as far north as Traverse City, Michigan, and uh, as far south down as like Florence, Kentucky, mm. um, and ended up ended up signing that league um, that that next season. So that was kind of my intro there. There, all of a sudden, I was a professional baseball player. So um, that was a pretty pretty crazy experience, especially for someone in Boston. You know, obviously the sports markets are huge, but athletes from Boston don't often grow up with the aspiration of being a professional athlete. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's Boston is a, it's a very high, you know, academic institution area and, you know, the medical and you got Harvard there and you got all these big time schools and everyone's kind of more focused on academics. So you only get a couple athletes that really want to go professional out of there. Um, so that was a really cool experience. And I got to live in the St. Louis area in Southern Illinois, but we were in St. Louis often travel the whole Midwest. And my dream had at that point kind of taken off and started coming true. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's, as we know with sports, nothing's guaranteed and things can happen quickly. So my, my career in baseball professionally wasn't super long. I only ended up playing two full seasons. That first season was in the Midwest. And then the second season I was started in the Midwest, ended up getting released. And I went out to a new league that was out in the West coast. So I lived near Seattle for a while and kind of went up, up and down the Pacific Northwest. Um, So I bounced around for about two years and then kind of, moved on from that and decided, you know, all right, let's, let's start the next chapter of the journey here. Um, and that's where another, another aspect of the journey that was kind of crazy is I started coaching. Um, Uh so I actually went back and and coached women's basketball at Bentley university, um, for about a season and a half. Yeah, no, that's, that's one of my little hidden gems that I ended up coaching. (laughs) coaching with them. I started off as a practice player just while I was working in the athletic department. Um, I was still training and just didn't really know what I was going to do, but they said, Hey, we've got an opening for one of our assistant coaches. And, and we know you love basketball and you've, you've practiced against us while you were at, at school. Would you have any interest in kind of filling that role and, and getting an intro level assistant coach job? So I took it. Um, and that was honestly one of the best experiences of my life was coaching basketball um, playing against the girls every day in practice. I'm kind of leading the, the scout team um, reps every day. We had about four or five, six students that would, would come down for practice every day and we'd play against them. And, um, you know, that was a team that just came off a national championship and then actually as a coach got to go to the Sweet 16 with them. So that was like, you know, as, as, as we start to progress in this conversation, I know yeah. I'm talking a lot now. No, that's but, good my journey has taken me just to so many different places athletically. And that was one that like, I, I definitely cherish and shout out to the Bentley women's team. Um, I know they, they just recently got ranked again, their top 10 in the country division two. I mean, the, the level of success that program has had is ridiculous. Um, and their head coach that recently just retired, just went into the hall of fame with Kobe Bryant and Tim Duncan. And, wow. and now her, her her succession has gone to a former player who's who's already killing it. So shout out to those girls, man. They're they're super talented, and that was a, a great experience. Um, that sounds so. Funny. And then it's <laughs> I'm telling you, you have no idea. Like that was probably at that point I was like, you know, I I could be happy just coaching and and not playing, and yeah, and I think I can move on. But <laughs> that that changed pretty quickly because yeah. naturally 
as I, as my body started getting in a little bit better shape, I was like, man, I, I'm still an athlete. I gotta, I gotta keep doing yeah, something because do I'm going crazy. I'm going crazy. Um, so a couple of years later, this was just before COVID hit. It's funny. I was having a conversation with a couple of my roommates and naturally, you know, I watch a lot of football and mm-hmm. we're watching an NFL game. We're getting in arguments as we always do. And they're probably at this point sick of me saying, you know, I think I could play on that field. I, I know I could <laughs> do that. They're sick of me saying it, but one of them actually challenged me. He was one of my roommates um, said, you know what? We've, we know you're a good athlete. We know you said you pre- played professional baseball. We know you were, you know, all state in all these sports, whatever. Why don't you just go do it then? You keep saying you can do it. It's not like, you know, you're clearly not happy. This is after I stopped coaching. Yeah. I was just kind of working a basic job. They're like, you're obviously not happy just working. Like, why don't you just, why don't you just do it? You keep saying it. So I was like, you know what? I accept your challenge. And <laughs> it started off as a joke. It started off as a joke, but I really, from that point on, this is about 2019, started taking training seriously again and started just trying to get in shape. It wasn't even necessarily for anything. Yeah. Um, and at this point was coaching college baseball, Division three in Boston. Also, out my guys, Emerson College. Um, the Lions, man, that they that was a fun group to work with as well. But they were they were pumped about it. They're like, Coach, Coach Ray, you gotta we hear you're like into football, playing semi pro football now, like gotta do it, man. You gotta go all the way for us. So <laughs> right before COVID hit, I just started training, training my butt off and um started making football a dream. Um, started reaching out to coaches all over the country, working with guys who were already in the NFL, who were just home in, in Massachusetts, um, training every day and started working, running routes with, a with a group M2, M2 quarterback camp is, uh, it's an awesome little, little group there that they, um, all the best quarterbacks from Massachusetts train and they bring in receivers and tight ends to run routes for free. We just help out their quarterbacks. Nice. So I know I'm, I got to hit all my shout outs here. No, so that's fine. Please M- do. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> shout out M2 QB Academy, man. That's there. a good story. That, that dude, Mike McCarthy, man, he's one of the best in the business. He's trained some some absolute studs, some guys that you're watching on, uh, on TV now he's worked with. So um, so I started training training there, running routes, getting in shape, start, met with my, my one of my best friends, Nate Witowski, who runs a, a gym out of Boston, uh, Warrior Warrior Fitness. And, um, he just, he got in the lab with me and just worked with me for, for years, two years it, t- it took to get into the shape that I wanted to before I went to any open workouts. Um, and then I went out to a workout in, in Texas for the Frisco fighters, didn't end up signing there, but my name kind of got out there cause they were shocked that, you know, a retired baseball player yeah. was at, at my size moving that way. So they started putting the word out and then San Diego um strike force man that was a arena football team that that i ended up playing a year with um they they reached out and said hey you know we, we saw that you sent us a message and that you want to play football we're, we're interested just to see what this what this story looks like it's a yeah. cool story why don't you come out so um, flew flew out to san diego um went to an open workout that was in early august and i was signed in october um and so this is about now 20, 2021, uh, right after kind of COVID had just started to, to, to loosen its grip. Um, and you know, it's, 
it's a, it's I know it's a crazy story, but man, all that hard work and and believing in yourself and actually putting putting words into action got me onto uh, an arena football roster. So played that last season with them, and um, it was. <laughs> Man, when I tell you being 30 years old and starting <laughs> starting a sport like arena football yeah. was one of the <laughs> one of the crazy experiences I've gone through physically, mentally, everything. It's like, man, I didn't I I, I believed in myself, but you start to feel it a little different when you when you're taking <laughs> right, those hits. Right. Uh, you're taking those hits at an advanced age after being you know over 10 years removed from football. So, um, you know that that journey brought me to the West Coast, and then. One of the best things happened to me when uh, my roommate at that time, who was the quarterback for the strike force, um, I know you've talked to him before. Cause yeah. he's, he's still still kicking around with us here. Um, Steve Cooley, man, he he introduced me to the sport of rugby. I honestly had no no idea, no idea what it was. <laughs> I never watched a full game, nothing. I didn't know any players, any teams. Um, and he just basically said, hey, I've got this opportunity coming up. Um, my buddy, Sean Clark, who's also on the team, um, had told Steve about it, introduced him to it. And then Steve kind of started planting the, the thought in my ear, like, Hey, if this arena, if, if, if you're not into it, or if football, you know, at your age, isn't becoming a reality. Like if you don't think you're going to get to the NFL or to the XFL from here, why don't you just come out with me, do a workout, see if the team likes you. I'll put you in contact with the GM and, and see if you can get on this rugby team. I think your, your body type will be good for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, from that moment, as soon as the season ended in San Diego, I drove out here um, and, and went to the workout and signed. And I've been here ever since. So I know <laughs> I gave you the abridged version. I, I ended up still being oh, kind of long, but that's, but all that's right. my journey, man. I love yeah, it. That's, that's why I want it. You <laughs> could tell better than anybody. So I wanted to make sure you hit all the stops. I learned a lot. So I try to do my due diligence some more. I try to do all my research, but there's obviously things 100%. that slip through the cracks. And, <laughs> and so I have a few follow-up questions. So first of all, what did, what did your roommate 100%. say, your former roommate say when you, when you signed this deal with San Diego? I mean, you had to just be like, told you, I did it. Told you I could do yeah. it. <laughs> it's, you know what, we've had that conversation <laughs> He was one of the first ones to congratulate me. That's he good. really was. He was genuinely happy. He was being a good friend at that time, you know. Yeah. And I, and I'm sure, trust me, in his shoes, I probably would have been annoyed hearing how much I would say I could do this, I could do this, I could do this. So he was one of the first ones to congratulate me. All my friends at home were super pumped. Um, they all reached out, but they also supported. They would buy gear from whatever team I played for. Um, our last game of the season was in Massachusetts, so everybody who was involved in kind of the the Ray Watch journey, yeah. um, they they came out to that game in Mass, and it was like it was pretty emotional for me seeing all those guys um, who heard me from day one say that I was going to do it, and three years later there I was on the field playing against my hometown team. So that was a really emotional but very cool experience. So yeah, he he supported me on it. He was he he congratulated me. That's awesome. And then I'm glad you brought up something else I wanted to touch on because in yeah. my research, uh, I know you mentioned you're running routes. You're listed as a yeah. wide receiver, right? Or were you playing like <laughs> tight end? Because I mean this with all due respect, Lamar. I would you give me you know five guesses, I would not peg you as a wide receiver. But I watched some of your huddle oh. tape, and you, and you do yeah. you get in and out of your routes really well. You can catch the ball. Uh, I played a little defensive back back in my day, so yeah. if if I you know I played nickel, so if you slid out like you were lining up in that slot, and I was. That was right. my assignment. I'd be like, man, come on. This is not. This is about to be a long day. This is a joke, right? Yeah. 
But you did. You do. You move around really well, and and you can, like I said, you get in and out of your routes, you catch the ball. But I never would have, I never would have pegged you as a wide receiver. No, I trust me. I don't blame you. And again, that the whole weight, the weight thing too was a big thing. And when I was in high school, I was two fifteen, and that's yeah. I was a lot faster. And I moved like a smaller guy. Now all of a sudden, flash forward ten years, and I was pushing when I started playing. And and that huddle tape. Yeah. I will say this just for the record. There's a lot of there's 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 a lot of clips that were missed. We didn't film a ton of games. <laughs> yeah, I can so, I can see how that would be the case. So the so the progression there, like I I promise I lost weight and moved a little better than than those huddle huddle routes. But um, I was pushing probably 290 when I started wow. playing football. So now all of a sudden my body's like, what are you doing? You still want to be a receiver, running back, but you weigh 290 now, like your joints and your muscles ain't made for that. So it really took, and and that's why I shouted out that M2 group that I was running routes for. Probably if you could see film from when I started to when I end, and I have that actually on my phone. So sometime I'll show it to you. Yes, next time If you saw you. the transformation, like for how crisp the routes became or how much faster I was moving, how much more efficiently I was moving, it like they really gave me the the ability to just go through it and lose the weight and get in better shape cardiovascularly, but also let my muscles start reacting to the weight that I was moving in over two years. Yeah. All of a sudden I was, I was really ready to, to play receiver, even though I was still like 280 pounds when I went to that workout, Wow! they couldn't believe it. I mean, they couldn't <laughs> believe it at the workout. They're like, wait, you actually want to run routes. Like you don't want to play D end or linebacker. I was like, yeah. no, I'm running routes. And it's funny when I started, I, there was a couple of dudes when I started cooking them, like guys who were playing at big, big programs. Right. That's when the eyes started turning like, wow, this dude is, is, you know, six, two, six, three, 280 pounds out there running routes against cornerbacks. And he's, and he's winning, he's winning his reps, you know? Yes. Um, so it's, it, it is crazy. I know that people look at it on paper and they're like, nah, that makes no sense. But I'm one of those weird, weird big guys that can move pretty well. That's good. Side. Wear it as a badge of honor. Obviously, he's working. So keep <laughs> you got it up. to. You yes. got to rep for the big dude. <laughs> so, Lamar, another question I like to ask guys with baseball backgrounds, and it's a little bit for out sure. there question, but like I've asked Caleb Geiger this, a couple of the other guys. Okay. I think Hawken played a little bit of baseball. Yep. How is baseball yeah, like rugby? I would say as a pitcher, so I played infield in college. Yeah. Um, played, I was a pitcher professionally. Pitching. There's not too many similarities except for maybe the aspect of being a hooker because I'm, you know, when I'm throwing lineouts. Oh, yeah. I think there's a lot of there's a lot of similarities in terms of the mindset as a pitcher. Um, obviously, you want to throw strikes. You want to be accurate with, with the ball, um, but also putting touch on it and changing speeds and things like that. But the pressure of it, right? Like yeah. everyone's watching you. You've got the ball and you've got to deliver. So I'd say that that's the one comparison I make. And I think it gives me an advantage being someone who had never touched a rugby ball. And two months later, I'm in a game against St. Mary's throwing lineouts. Like yeah. it definitely, it definitely relieves some of that pressure for me. Um, Cause the nerves I've already been through that. You know what I mean? I've been yeah. in a stadium with 10,000 people staring at me. And if I make a mistake, the dude's hitting the ball 400 feet. So right. <laughs> and that's, yeah. that's a tough moment. <laughs> but um, other than that, I think, 
the maybe the like the reaction time and yeah. the agility and the soft the soft hands necessary like that an infielder would have i think definitely translates to rugby um obviously none of the fitness man rugby's a different animal when it comes to that i don't think any sport can really prepare you for what you're going to go through in rugby yeah. um but baseball i think it's, it's quick hands i'd say um soft hands being able to transfer the ball quickly um, whether you're just dishing it off to a teammate or offload or just anything w- with the passing, I feel like it's pretty similar to the, with the footwork and, and having to be able to move quickly and react quickly. But it, it is definitely not a sport I would say would translate at a high correlation. You know what I mean? Yes, definitely. It's pretty unique. It's pretty unique. So the reason I ask, and, and that's a good answer, thank you for those, because that, every yeah. time I ask this question, is, is a little bit different. And the reason, like, how this started, so, and the people that listen to the show have heard this before, but I don't care because they're listening again. And I'll tell it one more time. Yeah, give you some context. Again. Yes. So last summer, uh, when the Olympics were going on, obviously the, the USA men's sevens team, and the women's, yeah. they're playing sevens in the Olympics. So trying to find, and the whole idea of this program, right, is a crossover program. Um, and the media company that we do this podcast through DNVR, they have all the different, they cover all the Colorado sports, right? So they have, you know, CSU Rams, the the Buffs, the Broncos, the Rockies, the Nuggets, the Avalanche. Gotcha. And, and to kind of like highlight the crossover of the sports and the crossover athletes and, and we're trying to spotlight the rugby in the Olympics. Um, I thought it'd be fun to go into it and draft, you know, all-time great Broncos that would have – and make a sevens team out of it, right? So we're, we're okay. drafting seven of our all-time favorite Broncos, you know, based on their skill set, why they would be good rugby players. And when it came time gotcha. to do the Rockies – and I'm working with the different people that cover the beats. When it came time to do the Rockies, I was kind of like, is, what's the point of it's even tough. doing this, right? Like, there, what's the point? Yeah. There's no, you know, there's no real, like, like you said, on the surface level, there's not a whole lot of crossover, you know, between rugby and baseball. Um, and we, we ended up doing it instead, and I'm glad we did because, like, as you think about it, there is there is kind of, you know, there's, there's some in there, right? Uh, playing infield, oh, it's a lot sure. of, like, the lateral movements. I never thought about the quick, soft hands, like you said. I never thought yeah. about, you know, the pressure, like, being the only person doing an action, throwing a ball in a line out right. like you are pitching. Um, core strength, obviously, and, like, hand-eye coordination and stuff. But the more, the more I ask baseball guys, guys that played high-level baseball, the more, mm-hmm. you know, the more similarities I'm seeing. So that's the reason I ask, uh, because I do yeah. think it's interesting. Like, there, there's layers to it, and everybody has a different answer. So... That's why I asked. For sure. Hey, I would say if I had to pick my best MLB baseball player that would be a really good rugby player, it would have to be Mike Trout. I think that guy's an absolute freak. So I think I think he would probably translate pretty well. Yeah, because for every, you know, for every Prince Fielder or something, like there's guys like that that can do it, right? For every Bartolo Cologne, there's a John Carlos Stanton or somebody, somebody that could, you know, make the switch. Uh, for sure. And then Lamar, another question I want to ask, since you have played yep. all these different sports, what when you're playing rugby, like what does it feel like you're playing? And the reason I ask this is because I played soccer, you know, growing up for yep. a, a while and I played relatively high level competitive soccer in Colorado, but I also played football for when I was in second grade through high school. And when I played rugby, yep. it always felt more like I was playing soccer than I was playing football, which I think is yeah, you know, for people that aren't familiar, it's kind of like a weird answer because you know you're not tackling people. But I, I don't know if it's just the flow of the game or or what the creativity I guess that that's involved in playing rugby. But I always felt more like I was playing soccer. Yeah, I would say I think you're I think you're spot on. I think you're you're in the right direction of saying because football, in my opinion, doesn't really transfer all that well. Yeah. Um, 
the the way that the games play the anaerobic versus aerobic like football is one play and you get 30 seconds off you right. know what i mean it's one burst burst of acceleration you're going you're hitting someone as hard as you can and then you get up and you shake it off and you you walk back to the huddle um soccer definitely because of the constant movement of the ball i think how much you have to keep your shape you're relying on everyone else's job at the same time throughout mm-hmm. the game um it definitely feels more like a soccer match because you're you're always moving but also basketball i honestly yeah. do i tell people all the time when you're trying to create those three on twos those two on ones in rugby it's the same thing as if you're in the in the and you're trying to isolate one defender you're trying to get a fast break versus you know a three on two two on one um and the way that the balls pass and move the touch that's required reminds me a lot of basketball so i would say it's like a basketball soccer hybrid for sure um just because of the, the finesse of the game along with the contact yes yeah, so like the tackling that's where football comes in yeah i mean i think that that willingness to go up and and smack a, a grown man with no pads on that at least having that football background definitely definitely took that fear aspect away because when you have weaponry like you do with the shoulder pads and the helmet you can hit people a lot harder than you can in rugby yeah um so i think it's definitely a combination but the most feel that i got was like a a soccer basketball hybrid for sure and that's super interesting too because i never played basketball and i never saw really the like how it translates until this crossover program started. Like I remember being on the yeah. the field watching the first crossover camp back in November of 2020. Um, and and yeah. you could really tell, like you said, in those three on twos or some of those drills where you're manipulating space and you're, you know, right. you're sending the ball around. I'm like, man, this actually does look like a basketball offense. Like every one of these guys looks yeah. like point guards and the guys with basketball backgrounds that, exactly. you know, have played guard and have, you know, ran a basketball offense, like excel in this. And I never noticed that right. before, but that's how like I could see they could do all this crazy stuff with the rugby ball because they've been playing basketball their whole life. So that's an interesting yeah, point for too. Sure. Uh, how are you liking rugby so far, Lamar? You know what? That's a that's a great question because if you had asked me in different increments over the last few weeks, few couple months, like it would the answer would have changed at different points. There's no mm-hmm. doubt about it. When I first got here, that first two weeks, and I told all the coaches this, you know, when we, when we met at the end of the fall season, um, man, I didn't know if I was going to survive. I really didn't. I I honestly didn't. And that's, you know, part of that comes with age. Obviously I'm the oldest on the team, um, which I love and I embrace every second of it. And it it, it gives me like a little bit of extra energy. Like, you know what? It's cool being the the uncle of the team. They all call me unk. It's great. Um, (laughs) but at the beginning, I can't lie to you. You know, it was tough. It was tough for me to like it. One, because the whole time I felt like I was drowning out there because mm-hmm. I couldn't breathe. I'm at, I'm at elevation. I've right. never been through something um, this difficult before. Um, so just getting through drills and getting through the day was hard enough for me, you know, add on the workouts and things like that. And I know for, for veteran rugby guys, they're looking at me like, bro, this is, we haven't even, it hasn't even got hard yet. Like, <laughs> but, but for me, that's just where I was. And, being someone who now rugby I would consider is like my fifth best sport. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. that's a tough place at my age to be, to be starting something new like that. Um, now flash forward to, to now. I love it. I really do. I think it's a, I think it's an incredible game. Um, I think it requires a lot of different things um, that I've had to use in the past. So I, I it's starting to make sense now. Um, 
when it all comes together, the shapes, um, the balance, the communication, those things are starting to make way, so much more sense that I'm flowing now. I'm starting to at least get that intro level of what it feels like to flow in that sport. Um, just playing touch the other day, like I felt the movement and was just genuinely enjoying it, genuinely yeah. talking to my teammates, communicating, moving the ball around. My passes are more crisp now. My touch is better. My understanding for what we're trying to accomplish is better. Um, my knowledge for the rules now is, is, is much higher. Like I can watch a game comprehensively, um, in watching film, but also when, you know, when I'm rooting my guys on on the sideline, I know what's going on. I know what the ref's calling. So I, I do love it. I think it's a brilliant sport. Um, I understand why so many people are obsessed with it now. Yeah. Um, because it's, it's an ultimate, it's an ultimate, just roll around, get your testosterone out, you're tackling people, <laughs> you're running, you're sliding, you're falling, you're throwing passes it's just a it looks sloppy from someone who doesn't know right. how the, what the game is until you get to know it and you realize how brilliant it is and it's in it and it's a it's a very clean game um and then the camaraderie too and all of the culture things that come with the sport i think are brilliant um the fact that you can you're almost on a battlefield right and you're going 15 on 15 against 15 other dudes and mm-hmm. you want to beat the crap out of them on the field and then <laughs> after you're hugging and you're having a couple beers together yeah. and you're just, you know what I mean? You're talking about the game, but you're just, you're getting to know people. And I think that's a cool pageantry that comes with it too. So, so I'm loving it to be honest. I do. I got the itch. Um, I've definitely been working hard already this off season to make sure that I get better for the spring. So. That's awesome, man. There's nothing like it. There's a guy that used to play for the Raptors back when you know, I was in high school. Uh, his name is Christian Sarmento. He was a monster. He's like okay. the all time leading tackler for northern colorado's football team like he's just a monster oh, wow. uh, and one of the one of the things i asked him about on this podcast during covid when there's nothing going on and i was like oh christian would be an interesting person to talk to and i looked the other day yeah. the interview still getting plays which is interesting to me but i asked him about rugby he you know he's played all over the world he went down to new zealand one of the things he said that stuck with me it's so true he said rugby will take you wherever you want to go and it'll introduce you to good mm-hmm. people along the way um, and I think, I mean, it's cool for me to That's see right. like guys like you, you know, that I've never played up until a few months ago and I've already got the chance yeah. to experience that. Right. Because it's true. Yeah. I can think of so many times where like even, up, you know, last year I've go to Seattle and I'll meet somebody I met through rugby and they let me stay at their house for four days. Like that's just super uncommon. And yeah. one of the great things it's about so the true. sport, something that I've it's kept so in true. my mind. I mean, shoot. Again, you know, you look at my entire journey. So starting playing professional sports 12 years ago, I would have never dreamed that I was leaving the country. And then I play a sport and two months later, I'm traveling to Columbia to play (laughs) against their national team. Like, I'm serious. You you can't write a better story. Like, You can't. It's just, it's crazy. And, you know, obviously a lot went into that, but I'm just, it's like an honor. You know what I mean? To, To go represent and go play against a different country's national team and, doing it in a sport that I'm not that familiar with, but that yeah. just shows you right there, like what is possible through this sport. And I'm, I'm really glad that it's starting to grow the way that it is. Cause it's starting to blow up a little bit in yeah, my opinion. It definitely and is. And that's as someone who's not as knowledgeable, right? Like yeah. I'm seeing that it's blowing up. So I can only imagine how excited the, the rugby veterans are. Yes. It's awesome. How was Columbia? I have another, I have a couple more questions, Lamar. I appreciate your time. I know this is no, a hey, bit listen, longer, you got me as you got me as long <laughs> as you need. <laughs> All right, man. Perfect. So I got a few more for you, but, uh, how was Columbia? I, you know, got invited. I couldn't go, unfortunately, this year. I went to Uruguay with the team last year. It was a great time. Gotcha. Uh, how was it? That was 
it was an eye-opening experience um, from a cultural perspective, but uh-huh. in general, it was just an awesome experience. You know, when people ask me like, "How was it?" It's my first thing is my first re- reaction is just wow. Like I, I mean, Colombia is a beautiful country. The scenery, the landscape. When you're you know driving in after you get off the airplane and you just see kind of how it's you know Medellin's just built into like a mountain range yeah. almost like it's it was it was shocking to see um i've only left the country really one other time um so to be in in a foreign country where you know no one's speaking english and spanish is not a language that i ever took in school i was a french speaker so like i just thought it was beautiful Uh i mean i thought um the culture that's there you know just from everything from the food to the music to the to the atmosphere it was just like awe-inspiring. I mean, my head was turning every two seconds, just like looking at something else that I had never seen before. Um, and just seeing all the people, seeing the level of joy, seeing how happy people are. Um, so that was like the emotional piece from a cultural perspective, uh-huh. um, was just getting engrossed in someone else's culture and someone else's home and someone else's nation was very cool. Um, and then the rugby aspect, I think it's anytime you can go to another country, not speak the same language as someone and play the same game. Yeah. That's one of the cooler experiences you can have. Um, just because, you know, you're both putting the work in, you're both, you're playing the same game. The rules are all the same. It's just, there's a, maybe a language barrier, but other right. than that, like, yeah, it was just a, an incredible experience to go out there and then be playing almost like in a, in a jungle scenery, like a jungle landscape. Like we, we we were playing welcome to the jungle before the game things like that like it's yeah it was because it really was we were in like almost like a rainforest jungle type setting playing a rugby match against the Colombian national team like yeah. the, at the end of the game the rain the sky opened up and there was a thunderstorm and like the last 5 minutes was in a downpour it was just it's it awesome. was i feel like everyone was elated everyone came together we really got to know each other as people on this trip you know we shared meals together we were around each other all the time so it was a it was a great experience from top to bottom. That's awesome, man! It looked fun. It looked really cool. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that so everyone got to experience that. That was that was really nice. Uh, Absolutely, Lamar. Do you have a? I like asking this question to guys that have, have played rugby for a little bit now too. Is like, do you have a yeah. moment where it kind of like clicked for you? Like, I know you said at the beginning, you're like, I don't know if I like this, but do you have a moment when yeah. it hit you where you're like, man, this is actually really fun. It could be, you know, in your first yeah. match or, you know, maybe like a moment in training or something. But like, do you have a moment like that? Yes. I think for me, any time that I have like a, an athletic moment where I get to take off and run, it's it goes back when I was a kid. I was probably like three, three years old at this time, just started kind of talking and running and being a goober. But my mom would say that we would be getting close to home and I would always ask to get let out of the car because I wanted to run the rest of the way home. And she's like, why do you like doing that? (laughs) And my answer at three years old was when I'm running, I feel powerful. And so like, for me, the first moment that I was involved, I think, and this was in a water dogs match early on. It might've been my first or second game. Uh And I had a a line break and just took off and kind of got in the open and got to shake one guy and break a tackle and take off. And I know that that's not like, you know, exclusive to rugby. You can do that in a lot of other sports, but that was the first time that I said, Oh, if I get to do this here, no matter, you know, if, even if the frequency level isn't high, cause yeah. I know my position doesn't do that a ton, yeah. but if I can do this every once in a while, I could, I could see myself liking this sport. So it was early on. 
Um, obviously that one play might've taken me out for the rest of the match because <laughs> <laughs> I, cause I ran so much and right. like, you gotta learn how to pace yourself. But I think that moment was scoring a try. Um, I think there was a moment at Rugger Fest and I was just a spectator cause I came in here with broken ribs. So I wasn't playing for the first portion of the season. Mm. Um, and so watching Rugger Fest, I think that was another moment of clarity. Like this is really, really cool. Um, watching our guys compete multiple yeah. games in a row, um, the pageantry that went on there, like the, again, the culture surrounding rugby. Um, but then I think there was a moment in practice and it was maybe only a couple weeks ago. It was when I was able to, in the moment, see something I was doing that was wrong, communicate it very quickly, get back into the shape that I was supposed to, hit a little a tip line, you know what I mean, off of a knot yep. and deliver a pass and have that person make a line break and be like, okay, all right. Like that was a cool, that was a cool yeah. moment. See, seeing it happen and watching that game slow down a little bit, just enough to make a play like that and make an eye contact with one of the coaches and kind of just giving the quick head nod, like, all right, you're starting to figure yeah. this out, kid. <laughs> you know That's what I mean? Cool. Like, yeah. So I think, yeah, there was definitely that moment was the, was the coolest. Awesome, man. Uh, what do these next few weeks look like for you? I know, like you said, you're in the off season now. When when does everything yeah. get rolling again, and what are you kind of doing over these next couple of weeks? Yeah. So I, I mean, I took a, I took a strict, I took a strict week off when we got back from Columbia. Um, didn't do anything. I know my body really well by this point. My body needed it. I just needed a full week to kind of just not do anything, just kind of lay up, whether it's watch movies or play some video games, just chill out. Um, but I've already gotten back. Um, I hit the pool pretty frequently um, over at Choose Fitness. I use our facility. We started lifting a lot of the guys. Anyone who's here who hasn't gone home for the holidays has been working um, with a, a lifting plan and, and, and some throwing plans in terms of like ball skills and some micro skills. So it, for the next two weeks, it's going to be really focusing on cardio um and getting getting in shape more than even what you think you might have to do you got to do a little bit more um we all got to push each other just to to get in the best shape possible because the league we're going into cardio is going to be a big thing if we can match the fitness i think that'll be a real advantage for us Mm -hmm. um so the cardio aspect obviously hitting the weight room for me hooker throws are going to be huge i got to get my throws in, get my reps in um, that's a major emphasis for me is trying to lock that down and just be accurate and be consistent and get that motion just like pitching. Um, yeah. So I think I think those are the biggest things these next couple of weeks. That's awesome, man. I, I'm excited to to keep watching you play. I know uh, I've heard a yeah. lot of good things. Talk to some of the coaches. They, they've been very, you know, they've talked you up quite a bit. So I'm glad I finally got okay. to talk to you, Lamar. Um, it was Absolutely. Good. It's awesome been a pleasure, conversation, man. man. Thank you so much for your time. Looking forward to watching you play in the spring. Hey, it was my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I know I probably talked a lot more. That's than all right. Necessary That's okay. Time, That's what but... it's an audio medium. That's what people download this podcast yeah. for. Listen to you talk. So absolutely, <laughs> don't <love> apologize. It. <laughs> I appreciate you. All right. Seriously, so it was an honor being on being on the show with you. So thank you so much, man. I appreciate talk, it. I'll, I'll take you up on that. Thank you, Lamar. All right. Take care, buddy. I hope everybody enjoyed that conversation with American Raptors hooker Lamar Ray. I appreciate Lamar taking the time to chat with me this morning. It was, uh, it was a good conversation, one of my favorite ones I've had this year, um, and I, I talked to a lot of people. So I uh, hope everybody enjoyed it. I enjoyed talking to him. 
And we'll go ahead and move on to the required reading. And required reading is brought to you by Gilbert Rugby. Gilbert is the official rugby equipment supplier of the American Raptors. Visit worldrugbyshop.com to grab all of your Gilbert Rugby gear. This was a piece published by Alex Goff yesterday, the Goff Rugby Report. Um, and it says, Slar to change name, Raptors and BC team to join. And this is kind of goes into the what's going on with the with the Raptors, uh, what, you know, what's next, what they've kind of been working on for the last year or so. Um, and it, it kind of lines up to everything I've heard. There was nothing in there that surprised me, really. Um, that's kind of what I've been hearing. And now we're just waiting for it to become official. So we're waiting to see something from Slar, waiting to see something from the Raptors, the new teams that are joining. Um, and it's going to be exciting. I'm excited to see what happens. I know a lot of the players are excited about it as well. So I'll go ahead and link this article in the article that houses this podcast as well as the description of this podcast. So if you are interested to kind of see what the next move is and what they've been working on, you can click this this link and read about it for yourself. It's good moving the stat of the week. Stat of the week is presented by Catapult. Catapult is committed to making performance technology available to athletes at all levels, whether it's the biggest teams and organizations in world sport or amateur rugby players. Catapult helps monitor performance like the pros. For more information, visit catapultsports.com. So I talked a little bit about Thanksgiving two weeks ago. Uh, I'm going to talk a little bit more about Thanksgiving now. So we're on the, we made it through, right? We made it over the hump. Now we're getting into Christmas. Um, but something I, I've been seeing the last few weeks is about what Thanksgiving does to your heart. So there's a, there's an interesting tidbit I found in this article that says, one study even found that eating an unusually heavy and rich meal may quadruple an individual's risk of having a heart attack, provided they already have other risk factors like high blood pressure and cholesterol. Uh, it's not uncommon for someone to eat two excuse me 2000 calories in one single sitting at thanksgiving which is the average, you know the recommended amount of calories for an adult in a day so make sure you're getting that cardio in make sure you keep drinking water eating your vegetables because uh, we don't we don't want anyone to have a heart attack from thanksgiving before you get to christmas and this is the hard time of year this is always the time of year where i feel so gross because you're going to all these christmas parties holiday parties and it just feels like you end up drinking every night like oh i'll just have one or two drinks at this party and then it adds up. You're usually not eating the healthiest of food at these parties. Uh, and then that's what happens in January when you just feel gross after eating your way and drinking your way through the holiday season. So I'm trying to stay ahead of that a little bit. Jump back on the treadmill this week. Uh, make sure you do that too. So that's my little interesting stat of the week presented by Catapult Sports. We'll go ahead and close your show at The Loop. And The Loop is presented by First Bank. First Bank is the official banking partner of America. Of, Amer- of Infinity Park. I'm struggling right now. They believe in banking for good, doing their best to do right by their customers, communities, and employees. Banking for good, member FBIC. Only thing I got to add, please follow along on Twitter at DNVR underscore rugby and at Colton Strickler. Uh, we're getting close. We, we, had a, we had a slow November, but November was a weird month. I was out of town, then I was sick. Um, didn't, didn't have the best showing on the podcast, but we're back. It's going to get better, I promise. And we're going to finish the new year strong. So please follow along. Help us get up to 1,000 followers on Twitter. I think we got like 44 more to go. So toss me a follow if you don't. I'd really appreciate it. Uh, that's the goal. Before New Year's, that's what we need to get to, 1,000 followers. Um, but other than that, that's the show. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, feel back, feel a lot better. Be putting out some better podcasts this month. Um, and I appreciate everybody that's been sticking along with me for you know however long you've been around been here from the beginning i appreciate it if you just started listening i appreciate it hope you enjoyed the show we'll catch everybody back here next friday so enjoy all the rugby this weekend 
Uh, enjoy your weekend. Hope you had a great week. Catch you all back here next week.